0: You Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Happy Father's Day. It is a good day. You know, if you didn't have a good father, or he was he was half good, you know, good part of the time, not so good in other times, in other words, he got better, or maybe he got worse. Um, it's imperative today that we use this day to forgive our fathers. Jesus, the Lord Jesus said, Whatsoever sins ye remit, they are remitted. So we actually have the power or the ability in God to forgive sins. I know that one time the Lord Jesus said, uh, he said uh, to the man carrying, he was lame, and he said, your sins be forgiven you. And they called him out on that, and he said, what? What's easier to say, your sins be forgiven? Or take up your bed, rise and walk? And he went through that. So we have the power to forgive other people of their sins. In other words, just to erase it. Off of them, and i'm a father i been I'm a father in many realms in many ways, not just to my two sons, but even as in in a sense as we all are in a place of authority in the spirit in the kingdom, a father in the faith, I had one of my sons, not my blood son, but I had one of my sons text me this morning early and and said things that attached honor to me and and attached uh, uh his position under me for. We've known each other for a lot of years, but he, you know, he doesn't do this. He just came out of the blue. There's a lot that went on in that transaction. So we all need to, we need to release our fathers this morning. If for the things they messed up and as, as you and I are adults now, we realize how easy it is to mess up in front of our children or in front of other people, and then you don't know what to do. It's like, should I go and ask them to forgive me, or should I just let it go? or should You know, we don't know what to do. Here's what you do. We just forgive him. So in the name of Jesus, right now, we hold our fathers up, Lord, to you, our natural fathers. We just release them in Jesus' name from their failures, from their mess-ups, from their carnal attitudes, their disrespect, Lord, for them just not being on their job. They didn't do what they were supposed to do for me. They didn't do it. They just abdicated. They jumped ship. It wasn't there. And they were in for themselves or they were under so much pressure and and so distracted by other things, Lord. I didn't get what I needed from my father. If that's the case this morning, then we, we know that there was sin there. There was failure there. So in the name of Jesus, we speak to our Father, whether He's here or He's gone, and we release Him. Say, I release you. I release you, my Father. I release you from the failure, from the falling short in Jesus' name. And I ask God to forgive you and to release you into your fullness now. And if He's already gone... Lord, we just, we just stand here healed, whole, and healthy of his failure, thanking you, Lord, that you make it up. You make it up. Lord, I thank you that you are our Father and you make it up to us now for everything that wasn't done or was done wrong, every abuse, every failure, every lie against us. We forgive them and ask you, Lord, to make it up in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's important to do and we'll do that better sometime but praise God. Praise God. I want to read you something this morning. Um here at River Church since there's just us this morning, we had we had four visitors last Sunday and I don't know if y'all noticed but it 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 throws a church like us it kind of throws us off not i don't mean off but i mean we it, it, it you have to explain a lot of things to people that that don't know anything cuz we're already on a track and so but they're they're not here this morning but we're going to we're always going to be transitioning as these people come in the reason we're going through this transition that we are at river church is to get you and i rooted and grounded it's not always going to be this way. We're going to have believer meetings in the sense of uh, drawing aside where we discuss and we learn and we are discipled um, about the things of God. But but in our corporate meetings, like on Sunday morning, perhaps they they're, it, they're going to be more more open to those things. But here's what a woman said: Mary Fran Varallo. Do y'all remember her in 2007? That's a long time ago, actually, nine years and. And she said in March, she said this in our church. She's powerful. Now, she, she's got a personality that's, uh, that's uh, it's out there, but she delivered. She said, that which is to happen for Alabama is enormous in the spirit. The revival that belongs to Alabama is enormous. Alabama will be a trigger for this region and the rest of the United States. Alabama will do this thing, but you better believe that the spirit realm, that in the spirit realm, that there is quite a warring going on over Alabama. Do y'all understand what she's saying? And that we're most people don't even know there there is a war. But if you're in the trenches, you know there's a war. You keep bumping in and thinking you're getting ahead and coming into a breaking through time and then you hit a wall. You've got to learn why that happens. And what to do when you hit that place and know that God has declared an end result concerning Alabama. In other words, God said this is we shall go to the other side. And when when he said that, remember, there was a storm that came up. Well, hello, storm. Hello, pushback. And if you believe it, then you speak it and you say it. You get yourself into a position where you can speak to those walls you speak to those confrontations with great faith and tell it to move over and come down, dissipate. I can hear her saying it. You've already got that authority, but you have to understand your region. There are certain powers and principalities that think that they have been there and that they have been there forever, and they say, this is the way it is. And until there is a new heaven, a new earth, it is. But what walks in your streets tries to get into your doors. You take authority over it and you don't allow it. You learn to declare the end result and you tell hell no. And this is how it is. So we're in we're that front line that, you know, you see in the Civil War where that first line goes out and a lot of them are shot at on the front line. That's where we've been. We're not the only church, of course. But a lot of people don't like to be in that kind of church. They want to, everything's going to be all right and, you know, everything's light and fluffy and just go home and we don't think about that. But we're warfare people and the Lord's called all Christians to be warfare people. But a lot of them, it's like, we're just not going to think about that, (laughs) but we have to think about it because that's inside of us. So Alabama, we're in Alabama and God's called us to defend it and to take new ground, and even lead in our nation. It doesn't seem like we are, or could, or make a difference. It doesn't seem like we're equipped for anything. It seems like the devil's won with all the agendas that are going on in our nation, and all the conflict, and all the controversies over the candidates for president, and all that. It's a distraction for the prize. And the prize is not politics, and the prize is not policy. The prize is people and the kingdom of heaven. And we're here behind the scenes, as it were, not getting the comfort and the solace of having playtime in church and having big light doing nothing and accomplishing nothing. We're in the trenches, and it seems like no one cares if they even know. But I'm telling you, God knows. And he sent you, and he's equipped you, and I, and we're not going to quit. And he, I have 28 prophecies about Alabama since 1980 to 2015. I believe that was the last one. I have 28 prophecies from all over, people from everywhere, not just a, a select group that just sits around and prophesies over Alabama. They're from everywhere. And uh, it's always the same message. It's important, and that's why you and I are here. That's why we're together. It doesn't have really anything to do, whether you like my preaching or you like the way we do prayer meeting or you like our building. It's really a distraction to even think about that. We're just glad there's air conditioning. I'm just so glad because, you know, it could be a Brush Harbor spell, an East Texas Brush Harbor thing where you didn't even have air and you had mosquitoes. You know, we're, we're living the good life right here, y'all. There's no stained glass, but uh, we got air conditioning most of the time. Not always enough, but praise God. And we're winning in Alabama. I'll read you some more sometime, but that was good. Do you have something, Deb? All right. Well, let's just talk about some other things for just a minute. It's 11 o'clock. We've got a few minutes here. I'm telling you, church is about business. We we come to do business. Now, we have, we try to have fun all we can. On Wednesday nights, sometimes we'll eat together and we'll we'll have fun, fellowshipping, PSSTs and all that, because we are in together. We're, we are kind of like when you show up to a family reunion. My dad always wanted me to go to the family reunion. You know how much I did not want to go to a family reunion and see all his kin folks. I mean, yeah, and he's always so glad about them because he grew up with them. Well, there's my cousin Neville. You know, there's my cousin Joseph. You know, it's like dad. These people could work at Walmart. That's I don't know them any more than, but he, you know, they were his family. So that's the way we all are. He just put us all together and said here's your family. And it's like going to a family reunion. You know, who's my family? And dad would say, here's your family. And he would introduce me. Here's my firstborn. You know, it's, we're family. So we're here to do business. And in the sense of the economy of this life, this natural life, it's just a few years, not much more than 80 or 90 years is what we're going to live. You might make a hundred and I hope you don't though. I hope we're Raptured out of here before that, <laughs> Hallelujah! But we're family, and He's put us together, and it's nothing that we can look at and say, "Well, it's because I like them." I saw one church; they, they, uh, uh, and a lot of churches do this. They, you sign up for a group on, and you go to a group. If you, if you like motorcycles, or you like crocheting, you find the group that's doing that, and you go fellowship with that. He's not letting us do that at all. We don't get any kind of touchy-feely stuff about let's all think about motorcycles and think about fishing or anything like that he's when we get together we're business we're fellowship or business so it's uh it's good Romans chapter 8 praise God you're going to be so glad that you stayed steady in these end days there's some bad times coming Bad times coming. The world is gonna see bad times. I don't know how much we'll be in those bad times as we're as we're eased out and the full hit of the uh tribulation, that season of, of, of really, really bad, worse than you've ever heard of. Nothing you've ever heard of has ever World War two was as close as probably as there was. Uh we're gonna be in the edge of that and you're gonna to have to know uh how to how to act, how to speak. And so even now, we're being trained, even in some things that are uncomfortable. Romans chapter 8, look in verse 14. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Point yourself and say, I am a son of God. I am led by the Spirit of God, and I like it. (laughs) Amen. Mature sons of God. Well, we're maturing all the time. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba. We we cry, Daddy, Papa, not just our Father who art in heaven. We say, Daddy, Daddy, who's in me and I'm in you. Praise God. That's the Son. Praise God. There's a glory that's to be revealed, to be opened up and demonstrated, to be brought forth and seen. For the earnest expectation of the creature, the creation, waiteth, waiteth. The word there is expectantly, expectantly waiting, not just like whatever, no, the bus said that the sign says the bus would be here at six ten. So we're waiting for six ten to come. Waited for the manifestation or the revealing of the sons of God, the sons of God who are led by the Spirit of God, and so that's us. We're wait. The world is waiting, and they're waiting for, uh, for us to be sh- to be revealed, to be poured out. Um, the I, I was reading a scientific thing about the imminence of the fault zones on the West Coast and the uh, the plates in the Pacific Rim and how they're all just standing on the edge of their seats saying, there's an earthquake coming that's going to be a 9 Now, a 9 is is 100 times worse than an 8-0 earthquake. It's not like a little little more. It's it's exponential. So it'll just it'll just wipe out the world. It'll just wipe out life and it'll just so distract. And so they're they're standing on the edge of their seats for that. But they're so the world is waiting for someone that has an answer to that. Well, the antichrist is being groomed to to take care of that from that side, but actually we already have the answer. We can speak to subjunctive zones under the earth we can speak to whatever it is that has to be and we can cause these things to be allayed we have that power peace be still we can tell hurricanes this is this is not just Alabama this is my United States and I don't know those people they're probably all in the casinos or in the brothels or in the drug dens but they're still Americans and so we speak to the hurricane that would take them out and send them to hell before their time. We have that. The, the creation is waiting for us to rise up and just be more than us four and no more. I'm praying for us. Us, our little deal. And whatever's us is what we're going to do. But you're on your own. You didn't go to church all those years. Well, just fry. Just go to. Hell. We're not those people. We have a compassion for the kingdom because we are the mature sons of God. We're thinking more out of just us. And so the question is, here's the question to the church, and, and, you know, since there's so few of us, don't take it personal this morning, but the question has to be begged. It has to be answered. When are you and I going to manifest as these sons of God? Sure, we are family, just like you go to the reunion and you go, yeah, there's your second cousin twice removed, Dad would tell me. You know, I would pay no attention to them, but they're in the family. He always calls. I said, well, who's that? He said, well, them. Let me just explain it this way. You would say they're kin folks, kin folks. They're not really kin, but they're kin to some people that are kin to us, but they're not really kin to us. Uh, You know, well, that's that's kind of how it is out there. We are setting ourselves in position to say, I'm going to manifest more than just those kinfolks, kinfolks that are just on the list, the Lamb's Book of Life list. I am am a son that the whole kingdom knows about. I am a voice in the family. I'm the elder son, as it were, who steps up and takes responsibility. That's who we are. And yet we're the least known of all. When the governor got called out on his little parlaying, they pointed straight to First Baptist Church of Tuscaloosa and, and said, you are the one, you know. And First Baptist said, ah, we're, we're, boom. <laughs> like, we don't know this man. <laughs> we done purged his records. He doesn't work here anymore. So, <laughs> Hallelujah. So those people are well-known. Everybody knew where he went to church, and everybody knew all about the governor. Nobody knows about you. Nobody knows where you go to church or your beliefs. You are so, so unimportant in the sense of people, and you are so essentially on the You are the generals of what's going on, and uh, you just cannot, you cannot wait for a title to step up. You just have to say, I am who he says I am, And that's it. Now, here's the key. Identification. Identification is the hardest thing that our culture is going through right now. You know, back in the 40s and 50s, businessmen went to church because it was good for business. Uh, That's well known. You just, if you weren't, if you didn't go to church, people would just not, they just wouldn't do business with you because you just might not be honest. But if you were there on Sunday, they would go into your appliance store and go to your trucking company, and so that was a whole other realm. But but the realm we're in now is it's it's way weightier way than that. Identification: people are looking to find who am I. They want to know what race I'm at. Big disparity. Well, you know, if we say those people are not honest. And they go, well, those people are Oriental or those people are black or those people are whatever. You're a racist. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that person, that person is not honest. They're dishonest. They're a cheat. It has nothing to do with what color they are or what race they are. But you can't say that anymore because people are so identified with this or that. Or, you know, well, you can't do the job. Well, I'm a woman and so you're, you're, you're disparaging my gender. No, I'm just saying you hadn't got the skills. You hadn't got the experience. You hadn't got the the IQ. It has nothing to do with you being a woman. You just can't do the job. But you can't say that anymore. Y'all know what I mean? Sorta? Of. I know there's a lot of abuse of that that people really don't like women, really don't like different races, really don't like this, that and the other, and there is that. But a lot of people are just piggy tailing onto that. Well, they're so they're not they're looking. Now we're into a transgender thing, which is all bogus. It is all bogus. All of it is bogus. None of it is true. You know, all of these things about homosexuality and gay things, it all comes from a foul spirit, an unclean spirit. All of it does. All of it does. The the, I've always felt like I was this and when I was young and and all, all of that comes from the influence of demonic forces, and they've always been, and the Bible talks about them explicitly. So you can discount all biology, and I was born that way and all that. You can discount all that, but people, so you can tell that all of that controversy is about identity. I want to be seen. I want to be important. Well, the way you be important is to be who God made you, if you're a woman, if you're a black person, if you're a, if you're a disabled, if you're whatever you are, you are who God made you, not not the disabled part. I mean, but you could get healed in that from the disability. And so we are who he he is. And so we're waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. That means we're we're waiting for people to be who they are. Women are not less. Uh, orientals or or uh, uh, the five races the five races are not better or worse different men and women are different not one's not better they're just different I hope I don't get off into something this morning because sometimes I can I can step off and so y'all just give me a little room here but I'm telling you God made us good he made us good. You're not better if you're this and gender and that race and this education. It's not. He made you good with a full potential. But you got to go with what you were made because there's a full potential in that. And you will fall short trying to be something you're not, fighting for it, than if you just say, I'm going to be who I am in God. And so here's what happens when you identify with who you are, the attributes or the funding or the strength of who you are comes to you. If you try to be someone you're not, then there's there's no strength, there's no favor, there's no funding for that person trying to be somebody else. There's not. There's no favor from God to be somebody that you're not. To... Comp- Comparison is a worldly, ungodly attribute. It's an exercise. Comparison and competition. I, you know, you even have to be careful in competition with with sports and with uh, things because it, it's it's right on the edge of being uh, antichrist. It's not, it's not in pure form. It's entertainment. It's, 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 it's reaching down, and there's so many good things about it. But you can veer off so easily into competition, especially in the church, and you can go into the hell hole real quick. Just comparing yourself with others. Just be the best you, and God, the Bible says, if you'll humble yourself, He will exalt you and that's what's got to happen is we got to get off of what other people think of me and let god exalt us jesus said when you go into a room sit down at a low place So that the master can come and say, what are you doing down there? Come sit at the high table. He said, lest you sit at the high table on your own, fighting and carrying on and trying to sit at the high table. And and the Bible says that Jesus said, lest someone more important than you come in and you have to be displaced and sent down and go through the humility of it. It's just a lesson in just let God take care of this. Just keep yourself in him and he will lift you up. This is going to be a good message before I get finished. Hallelujah. (laughs) I like this. This is just kingdom. This is just relax. It's not stressful to be born or living in this time if you're in Jesus. If you just let him take over, the stress just goes because you don't care. Listen, this building, believe me, I know every flaw in this building. Not that we were in such a great one, we were in a metal building, four miles out in the country. I mean, it's not like we moved from downtown with the big steeple or anything, but I know the the things on this, but it's like I'm so into I don't care I'm going to follow holy ghost i am I'm totally stress free like if nobody if you came this morning, it's like I have a friend, it's like he'll call me and say. We had 30 people missing this morning. <laughs> and I laughed. I said, if I had 30 me missing this morning, Debbie wouldn't have got to be there. <laughs> It'd just been me. <laughs> and maybe not me. <laughs> and I'm like, you've you got to be kidding me. You're calling me and telling me 30 people are missing and cry, cry. It's like, come on. You called the wrong number. You got the wrong number here. I don't care. I am so just, I understand, not not haughtily, that I'm capable of preaching in front of thousands, that I have the gift in me that I could do a lot more than what it seems like if you're in comparison and competition than what we're doing, but I'm the best me there is, and I am right at the right place that I should be. So what could be better to be in the will of God, to be at the right place at the right time than that? What could you wake up and say, I've just got to work harder at this and be somewhere I'm not supposed to be at a different time. This is just so perfect because he is just doing a work in us. People are real quick to say, real quick. This religion says real quick, says, well, you never know what God's working out. You know, your son got killed or your husband lost his job and we just have to trust God. We have to let him have his way because in his wisdom, this is probably working out something. Liar, liar, pants on fire, you know, that sort of thing. But then when you get in this situation, everybody says, well, we need to know exactly what's going on. We can't give God any room in his wisdom to work things out in his kingdom plan. And so y'all and us are just saying, "Let work it out, God. We are, we are led by the Spirit of God. We're hearing. We're praying all the time. We're open. We'll, we'll do anything, Lord. We'll, we'll do this. We'll, anything you got in mind, we're in. It doesn't matter. We have no agenda. We have no thing that says, but I want my family back home to, in Texas to know that we're running 6,000 or 600 or 60 <laughs> or 30 <laughs> or whatever. I, it's like when you don't have that, you can flow. Y'all, I'm encouraging River Church to flow. I know y'all are, but I'm just saying this is good. This isn't even bad. This isn't even like something we're trying to escape. This is good. Do you understand how how supernatural it is for us to f- be financed here? I don't know where it's coming from. I don't. I just know every month, no matter what, no matter what, the bills get paid, and we're not even you know, like you know taking extra offerings or you know kind of hinting that y'all need to you know help out here. It's like it's not even there. I'm, I'm getting off here. Turn to Joel. Let's go to Joel and uh, get off of that. But I'm, I'm telling you all my heart, things are they're better than they've ever been. Because God, he finally found a people, this is what he's sharing with me, that'll do it his way and go down into the valley for a little while, not and just let him work some things out. Do you think we all have the mindset to have revival in Tuscaloosa? Do you think we all just woke up one day because we speak in tongues and we know what to do and how to do it? We are clueless. I am. I'm pretty sure you are. So we're going to have to have some uh, a change here uh, to to know how to do it. And that must mean here's now here's this is what you do to your kids. You don't let them be dumb as dirt. You make them go to school, and you make them listen to, your, listen to your daddy and tell do what he... You want them to be prepared for a day down the road that they don't have right now? You want them to be prepared. You don't want them to get out in traffic and say, I don't know what to do. And the Lord's that smart. He wants us to be trained for a day that we hadn't hit yet so we know what to do. And just not get out there and lose the whole thing, the whole revival thing that he wants. Lose it because we... We're untaught, undiscipled. So he's just working things out of you and me. So hurry up and let him work is what I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, Joel, look at this. Look in verse 1 of chapter 2. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion. Now, Zion is an Old Testament Hebrew word that alludes to the church. It's not the church. It's actually a mountain. But in Scripture, it's many times used for uh, for the church. "'And sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the ha- inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord cometh, and it is nigh at hand, a day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness. As the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong. There hath not been ever the like, neither shall there be any more after it, even to the years of many generations.'" A fire fire devoureth before them, and behind them a flame burneth. The land is as the Garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness. Yea, and nothing shall escape them. Now, here we go. Verse 4. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses, and as horsemen so shall they run. Like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains shall they leap. Like the noise of a flame, a fire that devoureth the stubble, as a strong people set in battle array. This is describing the church. Chapter 2 is about the church, it's prophetic. Before their face, the people shall be much pained. All faces shall gather blackness. They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall like men of war. And they shall march every one on his ways. They shall not break their ranks. Neither shall one thrust another. They shall walk every one in his path. Come on, church. We won't thrust one another. And when they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. They shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run upon the wall. They shall climb upon the houses. They shall enter in at the windows like a thief. They sh- the earth shall quake before them. The heavens shall tremble. The sun and moon shall be dark, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army. For his camp is very great. For he is strong that executeth his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. And who can abide it? Therefore also now saith the Lord, turn ye even unto me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning and rend your heart and not your garments and turn unto the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repenteth him of the evil. Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, sanctify the fast, call a solemn a symbol and it goes on down there, but it's talking about the power of the church the army that's unbroken that is uh, in in uh, indefeatable, invincible raised up it's talking about the church that he would that he would bring forth and that we would we would not break rank that would we would be single minded um, this church that's in the land right now is the kingdom of God manifest. It is, it is thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We are the reflection of heaven on earth. Jesus is, is, is the head. He's at seated the right hand of the father, but he's the head of the church. The head and the body are one. Stay with me. The head and the body are one. And this is what we have to... We're going into revival. We're going into the kingdom. We have to understand that the head's not over here and the body is over here. We talked about last week that when Jesus was raised from the dead, we were raised from the dead. When, when Jesus defeated the devil, we defeated the devil. When he was resurrected, we were resurrected. When he was given all power and authority on earth, we were given all power and authority on earth. The head and the body are the same. Different parts, but of the same entity. And so we are the church. We're the most powerful thing that has ever existed and that God has written about that will ever exist. No angel, no, uh, no forces in heaven that are currently there are more powerful than the church, the body of Christ. We're it. Do we look like it? No. That's why identification is essential. We have to take the word and ignore the feelings, the senses, the, 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 remem- the past, what we remember, what we've learned, what we've experienced. We have to totally put that aside, which is quite challenging, and put on what the word says about us, which is contrary to our feelings. When you cast out a devil, you don't get to see the video of the devil standing there and shrinking and shriveling and then running off. Many times you don't see anything. You just command it in the name of Jesus because the word tells you. That's the only thing you have to go on. And you believe it happened because the word says, resist the devil. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. That's all we have to go on. No video. Sometimes you get a Brother Hagen book and he'll talk about how he actually saw the devil run off or, you know, that. And you go, oh, well, that's cool. But uh, but you and I usually don't get to do that. So what we're doing right now, what we're doing is we're synchronizing Earth with heaven. We're changing things not just to change, but to synchronize, to get us in line with heaven. We have no agenda of our own. We have to say, Lord, what do you want to do? I want y'all to pray. I want you to pray this. I want you to pray. I want you to take authority over that. I want you to set these things in motion in prayer. Y'all, we have to come to corporate prayer because you don't know what to pray for by yourself. I don't know what to pray for by myself, but we come together and the corporate anointing comes on us and then we know what to do together. So we get the secret, we synchronize in prayer. He comes on us. We're led by the spirit of God. And he says, pray this out, because you are the church, you're the body of Christ, and it will cause the kingdom advance, and it will put the devil under. So we've got to pray. Praying is just saying corporately. It's just us coming together in agreement, because two is better than one. We have to have church in the sense of we have to be discipled. We have to hear what God's saying. Now, I could preach a thousand messages this morning. You could preach a thousand messages. Every one of you could get up here and take my place, and it would be awesome. But we just got to have some sort of divine order here, and we have to follow a path that God's put us on. So there's a new thinking. There's a new paradigm of church, and it's very challenging to change what we've all been raised in to change our thinking. Because we've been spectators. We just come. We let, the, we let the preacher ramble on. We sing some hymns. And that was real good. We have a special music where somebody gets up and hits the high notes and talks about it. But they're, you know, a lot of times they're reading their music. They don't even have the words memorized. But, oh, that's great. You know, and then, we, then we go out and go back to our life. And it's a new paradigm of changing, of, of kingdom. Like, I'm not my own. i bought with a price. There's not many people that want to do that. More than we think, though. You have a David Hogan meeting, and they come out from everywhere. And you have a Bill Johnson meeting, boom, they're there. There, There's lots of folks out there. So I'm going to, let's see what we're going to do here. Let's, uh, Let's pray in the Holy Ghost for a second. Let's all just speak in tongues. Seed of the Hara boos, seed a gesso basso pray. It, pray. Out competition and comparison in your life, just dismiss it. Say, "Ah, there's a residue there, a little pride there. You got to go in Jesus' name. I, I am who He says I am, and nothing else." We dismiss competition. We take authority over comparison. Ure Vrahana Mun Zagida Vrahana Mun Zagedita budesu. su Now in Jesus' name we kula Bahara Basi We conformed the image of Jesus. Vrede busi didabru shed busidita basita basita barabusidi Zede Vrahara Busa Dida Bahara Bushide. Praise God. Alright. Let's go to Galatians now. I think we got we're on track here. Just for a minute more and then we're going to do something else. Galatians chapter 4. Praise God. See, we're all just finding out who we are. Other people have told you who you are. You may have had a father and a mother that when you grown up told you you are dumb as a rock and you'll never amount to anything. And you think, "Well, that can't that doesn't that wouldn't affect anybody." Oh, it does. It affects all of us when that happens. If you didn't get validated when you were little, you are special, you are smart, you are beautiful, you are you're the man, then the devil will mark you. If parents if you don't mark your children, the devil will mark them and he'll tell them junk that you never knew about and they'll it'll come back. So we have to mark our children. We have to mark our grandchildren. Because parents are so busy raising them, they don't. They they are just so glad that we all got in bed by ten o'clock. So you know they're not. A lot of times they're not marking them. You gotta mark them for those. at your job, and to speak over them. It says here in chapter four, um, of Galatians. I say that that the heir. Now think of the heir. This is somebody that's that's uh, in a household. That their stuff. There's stuff to be, there's mom and daddy have stuff. They have a house, a business, a car, whatever. That the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. So let's just think about that. Can can a four-year-old boss the help around or make decisions? Not at all. But the servants don't own anything. They can be dismissed without recourse. Gone, you're gone. But the heir never is gone. But in the sense of as a child, differeth nothing from a servant. So Christians that act childishly cannot be part of the body that exercises their authority. We have to grow up. We have to grow up and know I'm an heir. But I can't just be an heir because if I'm an immature, childish heir, it says right there, I'm no different than anybody that doesn't even have a thing to say or any authority. Verse two says, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. So that's what we're all going through right now as Christians is we're growing up. You're an heir. You have all authority. Andrew is eight years old. Matthew's eight years old, both born again, totally, totally authorized. Totally authorized. Power over every devil in the kingdom. Been there for millions of years, the devils have. Experienced in evil, have racked and ruined kingdoms of princes on the earth. But Matthew Smith, Andrew Billings have authority over them. The angels that sit around and stand around the throne, authority over them. But if Andrew and Matthew don't know this, and how would they on their own, then they're no different than just the man on the street. Just someone that comes by and pumps gas. So we have to know who we are. But you could take a man that's take it out of the Matthew and Andrew realm and put it into a 60 year old man and woman that that they're born again. But they've they're they're childish. They don't believe in Holy Ghost. They don't believe in devils. They don't believe in God doing more than just whatever God wants to do. So they're they're like they're they're nothing. They have all authority as being born again believers, but they are as children. They can't do anything. So just what qualifies you and me? It says there you have to be under tutors and governors. You have to know who you are. In other words, someone has to tell you, you are the owner's son or daughter, and all of this is yours. Now, we're going to teach you about math and English and Geography, we're going to grow you up so you can handle daddy's business and all his stuff someday, and you'll be able to do it. But you actually own it right now. If we got out daddy's will and looked at it, you know, there would your name be. There's Junior's name, owns it all. Amen. So we're growing up. I'm growing up. I'm growing up. I'm growing up. I'm hungry. I'm hungry for the things of God. I want to know what is mine. I want to know who I am and what I can do and what I can have. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Mm, Jesus, Lord Jesus. Lord, we just praise you this morning. We just praise you this morning, Lord. That you made us somebody. When you went to the cross, when you substituted for us, Lord, who you were is who we became. And now who you are is who we are. In Jesus' name. Now we speak to every family here in the name of Jesus. We speak to their lives. We speak to their livelihood. We speak to their health. We speak to their families. We speak to their future. We speak to their ministry. In Jesus' name. And we call it in. We call it into order. We call it into divine order, in an adjustment, everything that's out of order. Anybody that's an unbeliever, anybody that's resisting, that's in the family, we, Lord, ask you right now, corporately, to bring them into order, to have a Damascus Road experience or whatever in order to bring them into order so that we might serve God in the place that you've called us. Lord, we all put off right now who we think we are and who somebody has told us we are that's not lining up with who you said we are in Jesus' name. All genders be aside, all races be aside, all educations be aside, all physical beauty or, or comeliness be aside in Jesus' name. The real man we are inside has all authority. And Lord, we take our place now in Jesus' name. Point to yourself and say it with me. I take my place in Jesus' name. No more of what the world says, but who you say, that's who I say. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, we're praying for boldness right now. Boldness. Boldness over the unseen realm. Boldness over situations. Boldness over our past and our mistakes. Lord, every failure that any of us have had, and boy, we've got some. Lord, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the blood washing us clean from those past mistakes. Everything that's not right in our past, Lord, is absolved right now, and we start fresh today in Jesus' name, as if nothing ever happened. Hallelujah. Lord, I ask you to catch us up. Catch us up, each one of us, in the kingdom to where we should be. In Jesus' name, Lord, I, I, you caught me up, Lord. At 28 years old, you caught me up. 26 years old, you caught me up. And Lord, oh, it was such a wonderful thing. Lord, I ask you right now to do a quick work to accelerate us at River Church. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, we just take the, what the world says has to be done and how it has to be done. We put that on hold and we ask you, how should we live our life in the next days? In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Does anybody need prayer this morning before we go? Anybody need prayer for anything? Miss Madison, do you need prayer for anything? You're good. Anything, Deb, that you know of? All right. Jacob, it's a, is it the joint back there or is it a muscle, a joint? So, is that TMJ or something? You don't like it. We don't like it. Amen. Y'all believe we can do this? Oh, this is so easy. I'm going to lay my hands on you. We're going to speak to it, and it's going to change. It's going to obey us in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you right now. We thank you right now. Hallelujah, that you healed us. So I speak to Jacob's jaw and the joint of his jaw in Jesus' name, and I tell that joint to change now, to adjust to its place of creation and perfection. Lord, in Jesus' name, I tell everything that's causing popping and clicking, and, 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 and in Jesus' name, go now. I speak to the sinews and the ligaments that hold his jaw and the muscles that pull it together. Lord, I speak an adjustment into them and tell them to bring his jaw into its proper place now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Now, what's that feel like? Better, better, good enough, better. Doesn't hurt. That's better. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for letting us pray for you. That's so powerful. That's that that we would we would let somebody pray for us, believing that it's going to be different. Amen. All right. I was going to sing a special for y'all this morning, but I ran out of time. So, amen. Y'all are a blessing. Thank you so much. Anything else?